0: Hello everyone, welcome to Math for Knitters. I'm Laura and this week is episode number 27 and I'm going to talk about um, another solution to the first scarf syndrome, a very romantic book, and keeping track of your shoulder shaping. Okay, let's get started. Okay, last week I gave you a solution to first scarf syndrome, which is what I call it when the new knitter unintentionally adds extra stitches by yarn overing at the front edge of his or her scarf. And what this does is it basically adds a, a row, um, I'm sorry, a stitch for every row that you knit, which is quite a rapid increase. And so it's actually one of the reasons, as, I, as I've said before, why I do not suggest scarves for first projects. But anyway, last week I gave you a solution which allowed you to have a scarf that was thinner on the ends than it was in the middle, which has some advantages. But a lot of people, I think, might find the aesthetic a little odd, and so it might be more attractive to have a scarf that is wider on the ends and thinner in the middle. And how you would do that is once you notice you have first scarf syndrome you should decide how much farther you want to go with a widening and if you do then on the end of every row make sure that you add a stitch however you like and then cast off. Go back to your cast on edge, pick up stitches and then make a length of scarf that is all your cast on stitches size. So say you had 30 stitches to start and you increased to 45 stitches bind off, go back to your cast on, pick up 30 stitches and knit those 30 stitches for almost as long as you want the scarf to be and then begin increasing again up to 45 stitches. Now this is not going to be perfect because since you were doing it on accident the first time The first time is not going to look the same as the second time. Also, you may slip up and add stitches when you're not trying to, end up with 32 or 35 or 36, and the only solution to that besides just tearing back is, well, tearing back. Or you can, of course, decrease those stitches just as soon as you find them. If you know that you're prone to this problem and have not mastered it yet, you should definitely stop and count your stitches often. I should say, as often as you would save, and it, I'm sorry, that's my cat, Boomer, don't do that. He was leaping. He was a good leaper. Um, as often as you would save an important document you're working on on the computer. And we all know... How often that is, <laughs> right? Um, for me, I would probably, if I were watching TV, I would probably stop and check at every commercial break, if until I knew I had the problem mastered. So that's that's that. Um, the book this week is called Romantic Style. It's by Jenny Atkinson, or it was edited by Jenny Atkinson. Actually, I believe if you look, the patterns. I wonder if they all are by her, if they were by different people. Let me look. Yeah, they're from different people. Basically, it's a collation of different patterns from um, Rowan books, other Rowan styles. And it uses, um, of course, let me double check. (laughs) Yes, it uses Rowan yarns, although, of course, they give you lots of good information about both the weight and the content of the yarn so if you really need to you can substitute and I I bought this book the second I looked at it because I just thought it was really neat and there's a lot of variety of patterns and they, they make sense the way that they're made and they're fun and they're not too fussy although some of them aren't quite to my taste. But especially, I love the beaded jacket, um, it's really cute. There's a little beaded shrug, with, it's made out of mohair, there's a lace top, and <laughs> one, one that's really adorable. It's, a, it's actually a pattern basically done two ways, there's a bed jacket, and then a dressing gown. And the dressing gown's description is, this is the grown-up full-size version of the bed jacket on page 50, and is also knitted in the same Kid Classic yarn. The paneled shape flares out at the base and will make you feel like a million dollars. It would also cost a million dollars <laughs> to make in this yarn. And in my opinion, it's far, far, far too long. I'm I'm five foot three. And on this model, who I'm sure is six feet tall, this thing drags the ground. It has a, t- a trail on it. And if you were trained on it, and actually this really cute picture quite early on in the book of this model and this dressing gown next to like an antique stove. And it is it is darling. It is, is wonderful. I'm sure it's gorgeous and dramatic. But if I made it, I would make it just a teeny bit shorter because I know I would just trip on that thing the second I tried to go down the stairs. So even though even though the train is in the back, I would still trip on it. So knowing that I'm a klutz, I would not dare actually make it the way that it's designed but um, this is also a book that has a a small number of crochet patterns so if you're a knitter who enjoys crochet or if you just want to try it out there's a few although it's not so many that you feel cheated Um, sometimes I pick up knitting books and the only patterns I like in it at all are the crochet and I'm ticked because I do not crochet and I cannot crochet and I've tried and I just can't do it so um, most of the crochet shows up in the little extras pattern, patterns. so there's a crochet necklace, a crochet choker, a crochet belt, a shawl, a motif bag, a button crochet belt, a crochet cap, and then under techniques they talk about working crochet in rounds and your crochet motifs. Oh, Also my sister who crochets would like to point out that my first scarf syndrome is virtually impossible to do in, in crochet, so it's a mistake that only knitting is prone to, according to her. She's she, I love my sister, <laughs> and she's she's probably right, I don't know, so it's good that I have her to tell me these things. And the crocheted pieces in this book are very, very cute, too. I do actually really like the necklace. I wish, it almost makes me wish I could crochet, but I can't, so I won't. Um, maybe I'll talk my sister into doing it for me. But, so that's just a kind of a quick review. Um, I don't think that there are any felted patterns in the book. Which, actually, I don't mind. And, and, and one of the nice things about Rowan in general is that they f- focus quite a lot on, on good pattern, good texture, reasonably good fit. And it's, they're not too fussy, but they're not too... They're classic without being stodgy. And that's what I like about them. And I think just about anybody could find something in this book that they like. And I also really like that they diagram... All of the patterns very well like they draw you a little picture and show you this is how long the sleeve is this is how long the the gown is this is how long the, the the neck how wide the collar should be and I really like that because if you want to change the way that things work you have to know how those different measurements work so it's kind of funny okay here's the, the long version of the dressing gown is sixty and a half inches five feet and half an inch. That's off of your shoulders. And I am five, three and a half inch to the top of my head. So it's very long. The short version is 52 inches, which is what if 60 inches is five feet four times is 48. So it's just about 48, nine, 10, 11, it's almost four and a half feet, which is probably just about right for me. Although I don't think that they show the, the the shorter version in the book, but they don't have to. It's just a shorter version; it's not a big deal. So it's it's kind of a nice book. I think it's well worth it. Um, I picked it up in paperback. I don't know if there was a hardcover version. I doubt it. And it is about it uh, lists for twenty nine ninety five. So it's kind of nice. And um, it says on the back there are over 20 designs. And there is a, is a lot of embellishment. So if you like um, beads, buttons, and lace, then you're going to like this book. Um, if you think that beads are, are fussy or something you don't want to mess with, then you probably um, might want to find something else. Although. Th- of course, you could always work a pattern that had beads in it, just without the beads. Although, of course, it would look very different. But if you like the shape of the garment, it could work really well. So it's just it's just nice. Um, and of course, if you're if you're looking at trying to use Rowan yarns, or you got some in your stash, or you had if you uh, acquired some on sale, or you just really like Rowan yarns, this is definitely the book for you because it's top to bottom uh, different Rowan yarns. Um, one of the things I really like is the hanger cover and and I think people kind of make fun of crocheted or knitted hanger covers, but I think that they're, they're just fantastic. Um, they're a real finishing touch for a gift. I gave someone a baby, uh, some baby sweaters once for her first child and I, I'm sorry if I was too far from the mic there, but I also, I went and picked up some little covered, um, hangers at a uh, thrift store actually and she just loved it she ended actually she ended up when the baby outgrew the sweater she hung the sweater on the little padded hanger on her wall and I thought that was just the coolest thing it was such a compliment that she thought it was so cute that she would actually use it as a decoration when the baby couldn't wear it anymore so that was kind of fun so okay there's the book and okay, I got a comment or I think it was an email this week. Let me look so I can tell you. Oh, as usual. I I always like, okay, this week I'm gonna be really prepared. And then I just do it. And then I'm like, oh, I wasn't prepared. But I think it's still better if I just if I do it than if I don't do it. Okay. Hmm. I don't know what I did with that. That, where that is, I think it's a comment. Looking to see if it was an email. Oh, also, someone told me this week that I stopped s- telling them what the show's website was, which c- might be why my comments are so low. <laughs> um, it's math for knitters. That's math for the number four knitters. Blogspot. Com, and I cannot find this. But anyway, this woman emailed me or commented or something. And I wish I could find it so I could say her name. I feel like a jerk. Um, <laughs> but um, she uh, said that she had tried to make one of the seamless shoulder shapings that I had used for my blue sweaters and that it just didn't work. And so she got, she tore it back and ended up doing something else. And she wanted to know if I had any tips or tricks for making that work. Well, well, See, the thing about Elizabeth Zimmerman is she really wants you to think for yourself and do your own arithmetic. And that's great because it makes the pattern so flexible. It means you can basically do most of her patterns with any yarn you like, you know, in any stitch pattern you like, any way you like. And it also makes them easier to adjust. So it's great for all those things. The bad thing is it is easy to get yourself mixed up. And so I take and keep copious notes when I'm working on her patterns. Even um, the baby surprise jacket, I just did two of those. Even for that, like when she says things, like when you get to half of the stitches or when you've done this many decreases, I actually write down either how many stitches total I should have on the needles for each step or how many stitches I should have up to the first marker because that that's so much easier for me than... Even though it's garter stitch, I still have a hard time really keeping track of how many rows I've done and and what I'm up to and what point I'm to in the pattern or sometimes she'll say instead of saying after this many rows she says after this many decreases or even when you have these this number of stitches and that doesn't always work for me because I don't want to count out one hundred and forty eight stitches to figure out where I am in the sweater and so I'll figure out how many ridges I would have from a certain point or how once again, how many stitches I should have up to the first marker. And I just write it all down and I I have really careful notes. And that's another good reason to have a notebook in your knitting bag so that you can, you know, keep track of what you did. And that way, if it works, you can say, "Yay, this worked and you can draw a big circle around it and say, this is how I should do this. Or if it doesn't work, you can say, well, next time I'm gonna try five fewer rows or I'm gonna try faster decreases or I'm gonna try something else until I get it right. And it's actually a habit that I developed um, when I used to work in the darkroom, which I don't have to do anymore, but I always kept lots of notes because otherwise, if I wanted to reproduce the way I had printed a particular photograph, if I hadn't kept notes, I'd have to start all over again. And if anyone has ever done a lot of dodging and burning and cropping and other things, and in a dark room, they know how much easier that is if you know what you did last time. And I don't have a great memory, and so I just had to write everything down. So I, I hope that that helps. Um, whoever you were, and thank you so much for the question. I really, it means a lot to me to hear from people that something that I told them worked out for them. Or oh, you know, maybe it's still in my inbox. I'm sorry. I just just remembered where it might still be. Uh, let me look. La 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 I said, oh, Kim? Ah, it was jacqueline boyle i hope i said her name right and oh yeah it was great she sent me this great email that made me so happy where she talked about how she did the waist shaping that i told her about um in her sweater and it just looks so nice and she said it came out so beautifully and perfectly situated at my waist i'm shocked it makes such a huge difference in the stylishness of the sweater. So a million thanks for that. I'll never make a sweater without waist shaping again. <laughs> and that is just the highest compliment that I could ever imagine. And I, I made me, it just made my day, Jacqueline. And I'm sorry that I couldn't find your name <laughs> a few minutes ago. But um, basically, in order for my... That's my trick for Elizabeth Zimmerman, is, is you want to keep really good notes. Also so that, I mean, if you find... A modification that you like, like if, if you like a deeper armhole than than she did, or you like a shorter sleeve. I have very short arms, and so I tend to make my sleeves a little shorter. Um, then you want to keep track of what you've done, so that you can, if you like the way the sweater turned out, you can redo it again without starting from scratch. Or if you don't like it, you can use that as a starting point for either your next sweater or for the do-over on that sweater. So, I think that's really fun. I'm actually planning. A new sweater um from uh, knitting from the top i'm going to try to do a set in sleeve look from the top so i think that's good with with an with a pattern with an actual uh, stitch pattern called uh dragon i think it's called dragon skin it's from barbara walker's second treasury and i have this gray wool and i'm gonna i think i think it's gonna be really fun but we'll see if i drag myself nuts <laughs> trying to make the decreases because it's the pat I'm sorry I keep burping the pattern um basically depends on increases and decreases around central two central knit stitches on, and it's all stuck in it in order to make these really gorgeous overlapping scales and I actually when I made my sister's wedding afghan I actually made two of the panels were in this pattern and I just remember it was just a real pleasure to make it looks gorgeous and every other row is just purl and I'm actually going to make it a cardigan and I, I I don't know I still haven't quite decided if I'm going to steak it I haven't decided because when I did the swatch I put a moss stitch edging on it to keep it from curling and I just really liked the way that that looked and I just don't see the point of picking up stitches on the if, after I cut a stick for the center if I had to pick up those stitches and then do moss stitch in the other direction, I don't know. I don't know if I would like the look of it as much. I mean, it's very subtle, obviously, the difference between moss stitch one way or the other way, but I just, I don't know. I think I might just really knit it back and forth. I think trying to figure out the shoulder shaping with the pattern and everything without worrying about sticking is... Because, I mean, especially since I'm going from the top, I won't have anything to stick for the sleeves. It would really just be a center stick down the front. And it just, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't think I'll do it that way. So anyway, um, (laughs) my little musing. (laughs) Um, I hope hope you guys like that because I'm I'm doing more of it lately. Um, I also want to talk today just a little bit. I didn't mention this in the notes, but I was talking to a friend of mine a few weeks ago, and I was explaining that knitting is so good for me, and that it, you know, the usual things you hear, that it calms you down, and it gives you, you know, either a place to focus or a place to get away, or, you know, it does for you whatever you need it to do, but it does something else for me, too. It also has really given me more confidence in my ability to do large tasks, I just finished the Icarus shawl for my sister, and it took me a little bit longer than I thought, and it was a little harder than I thought, but I just did it. And I I know as a lace project, it's not the most complex one, and I'm sure it's not even the most complex one that I will do this year, because I have plans. But it was a big step for me. It was the first actual lace weight yarn I'd ever bought um and it's gorgeous. I'm really pleased with how it came out. My sister's really i I emailed her a photo of it when I first walked it out, and she freaked. She called me and she was so excited and you know, so it did all those things for me, but also, I'm actually for the first time in a long, long time, I'm single, and every day, I have a new reason why it's a good thing but I also have never been completely responsible for my own maintenance. I've, you know, I cook, I clean, but I've never actually fixed anything around the house ever. <laughs> I've never painted a wall. I've, I've never done any of that stuff. And, you know, I'm not... I'm not very old, and this is only my second house, and my first house was a new build, so there wasn't that much to do, but the house I have now is over 40 years old, which is not bad, and it's in good condition, but there are little things, lots of, lots of little things that just need doing. Um, There are nail pops in the bedroom that I, I need to fix. I'm taking the wallpaper border off of the top of the wall. I need to paint that room. And also, here's a weird little thing, a lot of the uh, outlets in the house and a lot of the light switches, the plates around, the the switches and outlets themselves are fine, but the plates around them are 40 years old and plastic and they're cracking. The one in the bathroom, uh, half of it fell off, it was just just gone. And I had never seen that before, I didn't really know that could happen, and (laughs) It was just gone and every, every morning, I don't use a hairdryer or anything, but every morning when I got up in the morning and went to turn the light on, it was this ugly thing looking at me and it just looked so horrible and messy and I just hated it every day. And finally, I went and got a book about fixing this kind of stuff and I went to Home Depot and I spent a fair amount of money, although the cost for the sexual repair is very, very low. I mean, these plates cost like a dollar a piece. They're not a big deal. So I got a new plate and I got a new socket and I got my long nose pliers out that I have had all this time because my aunt told me to buy some and I hadn't used them for anything. I found my screwdriver and um, I went and bought a circuit tester so that I could tell if the, if the wires were hot. And I fixed it. I, re- I pulled out the old one and I, and I wired up the new one. And I stuck it back on the wall, and I screwed everything in, and lo and behold, it looks fantastic, and it works and I'm very very proud of myself and when I think <laughs> about how many outlets I have in this house, like now I want to replace them all <laughs> and they come ten to a box, and i'm and well, maybe there are bigger boxes than that, but I bought ten um if i thought if I think about it and I think, okay. This is what I have to do to the bedroom. This is what I, I want to paint the guest bedroom too, but I probably won't because it's just the guest bedroom. I have to completely tear out the bathroom when we do that. Although I'm going to get some help for that because I don't think I could do that myself. I need to finish some stuff in the basement and there's a wall in the dining room that I really want to paint red. I really, I really want to paint this thing red. It's going to be red. It will be red. But if I think about it as a whole project at once, it freaks me out. And I think I can't possibly do any of it. And I go sit on the couch and I watch TV and I knit. <laughs> but what knitting has taught me is that I don't have to do it all at once. I can take off a foot of the wallpaper this week and a foot next week, and eventually I'll be done. It will take a while, but I can do it. And knitting is what gave me that. It's, it's funny. I have a I have a degree in physics. I have an undergraduate degree in physics. I just got a master's degree in visual communication. I am a smart chick. You know, I'm a professional woman. And today I fixed something in my house, something serious, something where, you know, I, I could have hurt myself (laughs) and and I, and it worked and I'm, I'm really proud. And I don't, no, if I would have the confidence to change my environment if i ha- if I didn't knit, if I weren't already used to doing things with my hands, even something like knitting, which seems so different from wood shop or mechanics or whatever people do that gets their hands dirty, I'm just you know it's it's a uh, it's it's really freeing and it, and it feels really nice and I also got some great advice from my grandfather or my I'm sorry from my godfather when I was talking about this all the stuff I have to do he said well you'll do it and then you'll feel really smart <laughs> and he was right so there's my little ramble about knitting and confidence and all the crap I have to do around my house <laughs> but I I honestly do think that being a knitter has made me a more confident person that I now believe in a way that I have never really believed before that I can do it. You know, I can do the things that if I decide to do something and I get the proper tools and I read a little bit about it, then there's nothing that can stop me. And, um, that's good. That's a good thing. And, A big part of that also is uh, my audience and my knitting group and everyone out there who does those things, who looks at some really complicated pattern and says, you know what? I want that garment or I want that experience of making that garment and I'm going to do it. And I don't care if it takes me three months. I don't care if it takes me a year. I'm going to do it. And that's a good thing. So... Okay, that's my uh, rant and my ramble and my mumbling for this week. I hope uh, it was clear enough and you got something out of it. Once again, the show's website is www.math4knitters. That's the letter four, the number four. Yeah, i would tell you how smart I am, and then I can't tell a letter from a number. <laughs> <laughs> <dot blogspot clears throat> dot com. So, yeah, uh, hopefully uh, see you guys next week. Bye-bye.